Hello, everyone, and welcome to the April 26th edition of WorkComp Academy News. I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Scarron, and Kelly. Let's get started with our litigation report. Zenith investors lost their lawsuit to block Fairfax Financial Holdings from the proposed purchase of Zenith for $1.3 billion. A Delaware judge denied the request made by the investors to halt the buyout. Lawyers for disgruntled Zenith shareholders argued that Zenith should have bargained for a higher price for the insurer and acted unilaterally in negotiating the buyout. Shareholder attorneys argued that Zenith and Fairfax agreed on the $38 per share offer in a single meeting, and they complained that the Zenith CEO did not consult with fellow board members until afterward. The judge concluded that Stanley Zacks, Zenith's chairman and CEO, acted reasonably in negotiating the buyout with Fairfax. The ruling clears the way for Zenith shareholders to vote on the deal on April 29. Former Orange County Sheriff Michael Corona is filing a work comp claim over injuries he sustained during a 2006 on-the-job car accident. Corona resigned from office after nine years to focus on his federal public corruption trial. He was convicted in 2009 of federal witness tampering and sentenced to 66 months in prison. He was acquitted on five other charges, including conspiracy, three charges of mail fraud, and one additional count of witness tampering. Corona remains free on bail while he appeals his conviction. The application he filed with the Workers' Compensation Appeals Board indicates Corona could be making a claim for permanent disability benefits. The claim stems from a car accident on December 5, 2006. Corona was a passenger in an unmarked department vehicle that rear-ended another car, causing an injury to his lower back. Corona filed a workers' comp claim for his back pain at the time, and it was accepted. Since then, Corona has received medical treatment. Then, late last month, Corona filed an application to bring that claim before the WCAB. According to the county memo, Corona has recently complained of pain radiating to other body parts. And now, our medical report. Shutting off a single gene can help people with spinal cord injuries, according to U.S. researchers. They propose using a common generic diabetes drug in combination with a gene silencing technique to stop spine injuries from getting any worse. They also believe the approach may also work in people with stroke and traumatic brain injuries. Their experiment was published in the journal Science Traditional Medicine. When the spinal cord or brain is injured, the capillaries can burst, bringing in an overwhelming wave of chemicals called inflammatory factors that are meant to heal, but that often worsen the damage. This is why stroke patients do not always show immediate symptoms, but can worsen in the hours afterward. Researchers demonstrated that a gene called ABCC8 starts this process. The team blocked this gene using gene-blocking therapy, and the damage was much less. 
The next step is to try this approach in people. Researchers believe that they are close to a clinical trial. The hope is that there will be no side effects from giving the drug even to lightly injured people. Perhaps ambulance workers could give an immediate infusion to anyone with apparent brain or spinal cord damage to stop the deadly cascade of damage. Many other researcher teams are looking for ways to prevent the early damage that makes brain and spinal cord injuries so devastating. Researchers claim that making simple changes like getting people to take their medicines exactly as directed or to refill their prescriptions on time could save employers and workers as much as $163 billion a year in healthcare costs. Various behaviors have been identified that increase treatment costs. The cost of these behaviors is a staggering $1 out of every $5 spent on prescription drugs. The group has identified three common misbehaviors. The refill procrastinator, who takes drugs faithfully until the pill bottle is empty, then delays getting a refill. The sporadic forgetter, who stays on track during the week but gets thrown off on weekends, and the active decliner, who doesn't think the drug is working. Even something as simple as changing the way people fill their prescriptions, such as shifting to home delivery from the local drugstore, could save $6 billion annually, according to the report. And in financial news, the Santa Barbara County Board of Supervisors approved a new workers' compensation program that is estimated to save the county more than $3 million over three years. The board decided to take advantage of a new program offered by the California State Association of Counties, which offers better service at a lower risk to the county. County CEO Mike Brown has been trying to craft a balanced 2010-2011 budget in the face of an anticipated shortfall of nearly $40 million. The recently approved association program, known as Primary Workers' Compensation, transfers and spreads all the county's risk to a larger pool, which drives down the county's costs. County departments had been prepared to pay $10.9 million in workers' compensation premiums. But the primary workers' compensation program decreases the cost to $9.6 million for a total savings of $1.3 million next year. Fire and sheriff's departments would see a combined savings of more than $600,000. The county's general fund will receive the lion's share of the savings, which will help the board plug the county's deficit. Zenith National Insurance reported a net loss for the first quarter of 2010 of $800,000. This should be compared to net income for the first quarter of 2009 of $2.6 million. Workers' compensation net premiums earned for the first quarter of 2010 decreased 15% compared to the prior year. Stanley Zacks, chairman and president, said that the operating results continued to be adversely impacted by declining premium and lower investment income. 
Zenith customers continue to be adversely impacted by the recession and it will be a slow process at best before job creation and increased payrolls occur. Independent insurance agencies and carriers face a hefty list of financial concerns for 2010. Yet, that doesn't mean insurance companies are cutting employee benefits to build up reserves. From 2009 to 2010, the majority of companies that responded to a survey said they had not discontinued any employee benefits, and most, 55.9%, had no plans to eliminate benefits in 2010. Nearly 75% of companies responding said they were not implementing hiring freezes in 2010. And if they did have to reduce benefits, they would only do so with sick pay and flexible schedules. In fact, to keep staff motivated during tough economic times, many companies, 58.1%, said they were providing incentives such as staff bonuses and 51 0.6% said they were providing staff parties or lunches. Many companies, 46%, even said they were continuing to give cost-of-living pay increases to their staff as well. While benefits may be secure, many companies are expecting employees to take on additional responsibilities. Nearly 73% of companies said they were cross-training employees to take on additional roles. The Workers' Compensation Insurance Rating Bureau is reporting that gross written premium for calendar year 2009 is about $8.9 billion, which is about 17% below the written premium reported the year before. The Bureau projects an ultimate accident year loss ratio of 75% which is approximately six percentage points higher than the estimated loss ratio the year before and the highest estimated loss ratio since 2009. The estimated average cost of a 2009 indemnity claim will be approximately $58,000. This average cost represents an increase of 4% over 2008 following three years of increases at an average annual rate of approximately 13% per year. And now our fraud report. Insurers are now able to file a single report to multiple state insurance departments through Insurance Services Offices, or ISO, and the National Insurance Crime Bureau, known as NICB. The facility is available thanks to an agreement reached between ISO, NICB, and the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. According to the organizations, reports filed with the NICB ISO Fraud Bureau reporting program will now also be filed with appropriate state agencies. Previously, reports were filed separately. 47 state jurisdictions are now accepting the filings. New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and Wisconsin are the only states not on board with this new program. The new system expects to provide approximately 80,000 reports of suspected fraud per year. This agreement saves insurance companies and fraud investigators time and improves investigative resources for state fraud bureaus. As a result, the NAIC is already receiving twice as many fraud referrals, referrals from property and casualty insurers.
And in regulatory news, hidden within the Obama health care reform package appears to be at least one provision that could immediately affect workers' compensation carriers. The reform amends the 30-year-old Black Lung Benefits Act, opening up the possibility of new claims from the past. The amendment in the massive health care bill presumably makes it easier for coal miners and their families to collect benefits if they acquire black lung disease so long as they have been employed at a mine for at least 15 years. This change is retroactive to 2005. The amendment inserted by Senator Robert Byrd, a Democrat from West Virginia, also changes the burden of proof. The miner, so long as he has the appropriate time served at the mine and x-ray findings, is presumed to have the disease. The retroactivity of the amendment to 2005 is causing confusion and worry. Brick Street, West Virginia's first private workers' compensation carrier, is estimating $120 million in costs related to this amendment. The U.S. Department of Labor said the legislation will only affect 200 miners. But reporters from the mining industry estimate the amendment could lead to a $700 million to $1 billion event. That's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. Again, I'm Renee Foles with Floyd, Skarin, and Kelly. Thanks for joining us, and please visit us again next week for more news.